0: Live from Mecca Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to help people walk toward His love. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. This is tonight the presentation night. This is a half hour of information. And just remember, tomorrow night, add your comments to the online uh, stuff or send emails. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Mountain, right here, you can call in and we can discuss what we're going to talk about tonight or anything else for that matter. We're open. Anyway, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we seek you and love you and thank you for all the provision and just pray that your spirit will be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. After four weeks, we did a four weeks of Hear Me Out, parts A, B, C, and D. We began conversations about Mormonism when we started to talk generally about communion, the sacrament, and, and, uh, and the Eucharist. The following week, we talked about the commandments, because in the LDS sacrament prayer, they say they are willing to take upon them the name of the Son of Jesus Christ, always remember Him, and keep His commandments which He has given them, that they may always have His Spirit to be with them. We talked all about that. Then last week we talked about the law, and we kind of said, let's just not talk about all the different facets of the law. Let's just make one law, and we called it the sock show. Everybody has to wear socks to church. And in connection with all of that we, that we've established, talking about those things tonight, meaning since we've talked about uh, communion and commandments and the law, uh, I want to talk to you about the biblical idea of being yoked, taking on Christ's yoke, which sounds like a very burdensome thing, and liberty in Christ. How do you balance that out You know, since we're talking about law, what what does it mean to follow his commandments? Isn't that a bit of a burden in and of itself? And then what does it mean to have liberty, to be free in Christ, and and that paradox between the two? So the topic is timely. My daughter forwarded me a picture from Facebook, which was posted by my younger brother Bo's wife. And my younger brother, he's a very faithful, very dedicated LDS young man. He's actually older now, but, and he, he serves now as an early seminary teacher in Southern California. And we're going to show you a picture of something that he has done. There's the picture to teach his early seminary students. Uh, well, let me just read what my sister-in-law wrote about the picture we could say that early morning seminary has begun. These amazing kids are learning to come unto Jesus Christ and to take his yoke upon them so as to find rest to their souls. And she cites Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, along with this picture of, of these students learning what it's like to be yoked and uh, you can see that my brother has concocted a human yoke and two kids are pulling it and there's a, a rope attached to it and they're pulling a table, a, a stack of tables or a table on some rack behind them like cattle so finally my sister-in-law adds on the picture if you know any teenagers who oh no she writes these two have learned the importance of equal being equally yoked with their partner and then she puts great marriage training smiley face all right and then she adds if you know any teachers who would like to join us let me know my husband Bo teaches class 5:45 a.m. Monday through Friday so I know my brother and I know he means well he he really does believe that uh, this is teaching kids to be their best and uh, what we saw in that picture pretty is a pretty fair representation of my understanding of my brother's worldview on how people should see faith in christ that it is a yoke that is like a yoke you put on oxen and you're dragging behind a heavy cart and you're trudging through life pulling this yoke Uh, if you've ever been lds you realize that this is pretty much the mode that Mormonism trains and teaches their people about moral living and about, you know, obeying their uh, code for conduct and, and uh, what their dietary laws in the, in the uh, I don't know why I can't think of that dietary law, word of wisdom. So they load them up with instructions. And they get them to make covenants of obedience, like baptism at the sacrament table. And then they implement a, a lot of opportunities to test these characteristics that they've taken upon themselves. And they follow up with PPIs, those are personal priesthood interviews, where they sit down with people and they say, Well, how are you doing on this? How are you doing on that? Are you obeying your covenants? Is the yoke sitting squarely on your shoulders. And then they have disciplinary councils for those who break the rules and break ranks. So without question, it's a paramilitary operation. Mormonism is absolutely paramilitary. And, you know, the military works fine for some people. It actually helps people uh, joining the military. There's some souls who are lost. They join the military and it benefits them. So... Uh, what is missing or lacking in this human conditioning program that the LDS put upon people well it often serves to harden people's hearts and harden it how success in the system you rise to the top you become proud we've talked about this and if and then there's the rebellious factor you might rebel against the system and so you become obstinate and against the system Uh, Cited with the picture of the two LDS youth On their hands and knees like two cattle And and with a yoke on their neck And pulling that table Uh, My sister-in-law says She cites the yoke that Jesus says uh, Come unto him Take his yoke upon him To find rest for their souls Uh, The words cited are correct Jesus does say that But the application through the picture Is just absolutely warped That that is how you come unto Christ and you yoke yourself with his yoke. Remember, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor, who labor, right? And I will give you rest. I didn't see those kids resting. I saw them laboring still with Jesus' yoke. And he said, take my yoke, it's Jesus' yoke, upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and lowly of heart Take my yoke upon you It's it's not a burden You're not a beast of burden in, in Christ Take my yoke It's gentle I'm lowly of heart And then Jesus adds And you will find rest for your souls Rest You know that word is not synonymous with active Mormonism Or with active religiosity really Rest is not there but it is with Jesus in the relationship with him. Because, and he adds, you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Aren't those amazing words that Jesus offers the world that who, who are laboring, who are under stress and burdened, they're tired and broken down, they're on their knees already. He says, Come to him and he'll give you rest. You know, And even like a Sabbath day is, is the day of rest, is anathematic to what Christians have in Christ because you have rest in Him every day, all day long. You don't have a special day of the week as a Christian. But the picture shows kids wearing this man-made yoke on their knees, struggling to move forward as they have taken upon the name of Christ. And I think it's a perfect, uh, it's, it's really indicative of what Mormonism does to its people, starting young, And then just adding on as you get older and older A yoke of man-made covenants Man-made demands Man-made consequences Come to him, to him directly All who labor Religious institutions like Mormonism Provide the opposite of rest They provide the opposite of rest yeah, they can be beneficial to people in times of trouble You can find a respite from the storms of life sometimes within a church But if you're just moving along through life Usually the institution's burdening you somehow And that is not what Jesus brings You come to them and they burden you with demands and assignments and ties and callings That will crush you, especially in Mormonism Especially in Mormonism I don't think a church does it more A Christian church does it more than Mormonism Even Jehovah's Witnesses I think Mormonism does it the most But that's not what Jesus offered Take my yoke upon you Remember, Mormonism places its yoke on you Its history, its prophets, its apostles Its temples, its doctrines, its practices, its policies And there's only scattered in there some opportunities to learn of Jesus along the way. Usually it's all about it rather than him. So um, the results of taking on that LDS yoke, which we've talked about, and I won't belabor the point tonight, is that it it burdens people. It causes some people to become proud. Proud. It causes other people to become broken under the system, feel guilty under the system, become rebellious under the system. But Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we discover the exact opposite in the paramilitary LDS system. Uh, Look, if people want to use Mormonism to better their earthly life, if you have a family and you say kind of with your spouse, really don't give a crap about God and Jesus, Uh, but we care about having a family that has order and structure and has activities during the week and something that teaches them good principles. Hey, uh, you know, go for it. You can get it through Mormonism. It's disciplined living, monetary success. Boy, you'll make some good connections if you play the game right, order. And for some parents, some people, some family, Uh, These things are much better than a life of chaos and drugs, it seems So if that's all you care about is this world and what's going on there It's a fantastic option, you know, and I get that And I respect people's right to choose that Uh, Just like a stint in the military can uh, benefit somebody uh, A wayward youth But the problems lie in the following with Mormonism for me It ties what they are doing in a paramilitaristic fashion It ties that to Jesus It ties it to what God expects of you That's why you have ministries like this and others who go after it Because it puts people into bondage Who are really in a church to find out about God and Jesus But unfortunately they have this other yoke placed upon them called Mormonism And it's tied directly to what God expects, and that is really a false gospel. It's really a lie. Let me tell you something. We've talked about this recently, but Jesus works on the inward person. That's where it starts with us in in a relationship with God through Christ. Inwardly, you start to think about things. You start to ingest certain ideas you start to chew upon ideas and, and your heart starts to change and the Spirit's working with you inwardly before the outward stuff ever comes around. And, and Mormonism and other religious institutions focus on the outward. Get Johnny in a tie, get Susie in a dress, have them sit arms folded, comb their hair, have them use these polite words. These are external reforms. And like I said, they're good for families. They're good for kids. But they aren't tied to God and what he is wanting. He doesn't, God doesn't want to start with that. He wants to start on the heart. He wants you to love him because he gave us his only uh, human son and not because uh, you're forced to. So practices that produce outward conformity in people will never change the human heart. Towing the line of Mormon demands is only polishing the brass on the Titanic. And, and, and what I mean by that is everybody is their individual titanic And they're focusing on polishing the brass And keeping the barnacles off the hull When in fact there's an iceberg out there waiting to strike when they, If they ever get a library card and start studying So when Jesus entered my heart the, you know, years ago Which ultimately uh, altered the outward man in my life Ultimately, but not initially and not for a long time and uh, so, I want to um, I want to just share this as we wrap up tonight with you, something that you know I don't talk about that much, but I guess I should, and that is, throughout my Christian walk, which started in 1997, I came out of Mormonism, was asked to be excommunicated, was excommunicated in 2000. So in 97, I came to know the Lord. I was Mormon for four years thereafter, excommunicated in 2000, 2001. And then I started following you know, Calvary Chapel and learning about Christ and reading the Bible, et cetera, et etc. Cetera. But when I left Mormonism and I understood that I was saved by grace through faith, period, and I came to understand that reality and I knew that by His Spirit, God was with me and loved me unconditionally, I refused from that day forward to ever try to fix myself for anything that I was involved in. Porn, I let it go. If I was going to watch porn, I'd watch porn. If I was going to do drugs uh, that I could find, uh, you know, hydrocodone or whatever else, while I was in school of ministry, I remember once being very high in hydrocodone. Uh, Other women, uh, violence. I refused to say, I've got to stop this. I've got to stop it. I never did it. And people will say, that's foolish, you're nuts. But what I did do was I went to God every time and said, you gotta help me. When you help me, I'll listen. I'm ready to be helped. Help me see, help me understand. And I let him work it out through me. And it takes time. Religion will take somebody who's come to know Jesus and if they find out those detrimental things in their life, they will start disciplining you And they will not have fellowship with you or whatever because they want you to conform outwardly. It's a matter of your own will. I refuse to let my will get involved with it. If I could withstand sin, I would withstand it. I didn't purposely sin, but if I had a problem, I just let it be. I did not let it consume me. I would act on it if I was gonna act on it. And I would say, God, you gotta help me out here. And I waited for him to do it. And I can tell you here, uh, God is my witness he steps in and he takes things over and he improves your life along the way if you're willing to let him. And then when he does it, it's like healing. Jesus doesn't heal a blind man and the guy, and the guy uh, loses his sight a week later. And so when Jesus does the healing of you from, from porn or, or drugs, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever you want to call it, when Jesus does it, it leaves you. And you have a victory through him over the thing that you're battling with. It, we don't teach that. Religion doesn't teach it. It teaches you've got to, you know, you know, whatever, do these different things, right? So I'm just telling you that if you have a lifelong thorn in your side of any sort or many sorts, no matter what it is, gossip, uh, stealing, I don't know, whatever you do, take it to God and say, I'm trusting you. I need you to step in and make yourself known. I need you to help me overcome this. And when he does it, internally first, it's done when it's done. I guarantee that. But when religion does it, oh, I've been battling with alcoholism, I went back, I've been looking at porn over and over again, I went and saw my bishop, revolving door confessions, you know, it's baloney. Because it's external trying to work on the heart. That's the promise Jesus gives. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. When you take his life on, that's what we're doing. We take him on in us. He's walking with us and you are empowered to overcome the things that easily beset you before when you were walking uh, by your flesh. So write your comments. Write uh, your questions online. Let's hear your thoughts. Call in tomorrow night. Join with us as we uh, discuss this stuff back and forth. And let's hear what you think about the yoke of Jesus, about how you overcome your proclivities in your flesh, and what you think about the Mormon system, like my brother's uh, photograph showed, of yoking people uh, with burdens in order to help them overcome themselves. We'll see you tomorrow night here on Heart of the night.